Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. real though like i don't know about you but i gotta speak to my 33 year old body and i feel like if that ever went down that'd be the day i die <laughs> i'd die with a smile on my face right exactly. but i would die <laughs> can't keep up with these young chicks oh hell yeah yeah Hired, you, you know it's you know it's like uh, it's like just once and that, that you know it's like on, okay god let's do this <laughs> like i have it, i have that that friend uh tori and she's a very attractive girl, but we're just friends because I'm old and uh, <laughs> she's 23 and she's very open about her sex life and she'll say she'll say some shit that I go, you did what? I said, I'm tired just listening to you. I want to go home, read a book and have a cup of tea. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I'm going to go to the doctor now because I'm pretty sure I caught something just by listening to you. <laughs> right. And she goes, she goes, yeah, now that you're old, you just want to drink tea and read. I'm like, yeah, now that I'm old. <laughs> been doing that since i was a fucking kid <laughs> oh man oh, i know it's, i know it's funny too because like when some of them like say stuff you know you're just kind of like you know and then for me it's like you know oh yeah you know we're just gonna go and um we're gonna go and do this it's like yeah is that what the kids are calling it nowadays <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> right <laughs> this he's telling me about there was this dude you know what? Ah, fuck it. Who cares? There's this dude, <laughs> and she didn't do it. This is why I'm sharing it. Because if she did it, I wouldn't share it. But um, this dude asked her to go sleep with another dude, like just a random dude, have him ejaculate on a on cookies, and then bring it back to him so he can eat them while they were having sex. Ew. And I said, is this the kind of shit that's going on now in the 21st? <laughs> you could keep me the fuck out of it. What's funny is like, wow, we've 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 evolved so much <laughs> that this yeah. is, that this is what gets our kicks off. She's like, yeah, I think he had some problems. I'm like, yeah, I you think, think? <laughs> I'm surprised he's not wearing your skin. <laughs> did he have a did he have a nice Chianti? Oh, you know? <laughs> I feared for her fucking safety. At that point. I was like, Jesus. You know, you you keep talking while I call the cops right now. Let's just right. <laughs> that's what we're gonna do right now. 
Jesus God. So do you want to talk about your Oh, I guess we should intro, right? Yeah, yeah, we should probably do that. Fucking everybody <laughs> knows who we is, my defiggy. <laughs> Uh, welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly podcast that discuss top news from the world of entertainment, gaming, comics, and technology. This is for the week of February 11th, 2018, three days before V-Day. Uh, fuck, what was it? Somebody said, I saw something online that said like everybody should give their, give up the V for Valentine's Day. I'm like, not everyone. Because, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not everyone. Not her- I mean, you know, that. People who are in solid relationships <laughs> should. I mean, if you want to, cool. You know, hey, more right. power to you. But, you know, not everybody. But you should – if you're a single person, especially a single woman, <laughs> you shouldn't just go, well, it's Valentine's Day. I guess I better take my fucking panties off. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you make sound choices. <laughs> I mean, if you if you're like if normally you go like, oh well, it's Wednesday. I guess I better just then you know, okay, we Whatever. business what? as usual. <laughs> I know exactly. Not trying to not trying to knock your hustle. That's what, right. <laughs> basically what we're saying is, do it if you want, but you don't have to. Okay, or just right. you know, Valentine's uh, Day is always the day where women who are in committed relationships. Decide, hey, maybe I should try butt sex. <laughs> what was it? Um, Lewis Black was like going, Lewis Black goes, yeah. He goes, Valentine's Day, where we give the person that we love some gift in the middle of winter. Because two months ago, we gave them shit because it was fucking Christmas. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Uh, so last week, uh, I don't think we did it on the show, but I think we talked about it after or before or after the show. I had told Adam that apparently there was a study done that said the uh, uh, ingredients in uh, McDonald's French fries uh, was had a treatment for uh, for baldness. <laughs> and uh, McDonald's would like you to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so. Uh, so, you know, we joked about that because we were like, going, shit, <laughs> most of the guys that are eating at McDonald's are bald. Uh, but uh, so I got this, uh, I found this uh, follow-up uh, piece um, from HuffPost. And um, originally I was going to use this as my what the actual fuck, but the story I actually chose for my what the actual fuck was a lot better. But I just wanted to kind of follow up with this with Adam was um, – the Japanese researcher behind the, the study that linked, you know, ingredients found in French fries to be a treatment for baldness uh, will have, you know, will have no effects whatsoever. Um, Professor Juni Fukuda of Japan's uh, Yokohama National uh, University said his team was able to mass prepare thousands of hair follicle germs in the form of silicone called a word he made up, I'm assuming, uh, the Daily Science reported. The researchers were able to transplant the uh, curated follicles onto mice and see their hair grow, um, further hair grow. Currently, the most existing lab technique creates only uh, about 50 germs at once, according to AFP. This is potentially breakthrough as the preparation for hair follicle germs on a large scale has been previously been an uh, obstacle for hair rejuvenation medicine. McDonald's uses that chemical as an anti-foaming agent for its french fry oil, 
uh, as is frying oil for French fries, chicken McNuggets, and fish fillets. The food blog Grub Street notes that some outlets are pushing the notion that eating fries may cure baldness thanks to that connection. Uh, Fukuda says the misinterpretation of the research baffles him. Quote, I have seen online comments asking how many French fries would I have to eat to grow my hair, he told uh, AFP. I'd feel bad if people think eating would do that. Fukuda said the technique might be able to eventually help people with alopecia, male pattern baldness, or those who suffer from hair loss from cancer treatments, but said human tests probably won't last for, uh, won't happen for at least five years. So, yeah, fries won't do it, guys. Stick your head in the fucking fryer and see what happens. (laughs) You know, why not? Fries ain't going to happen, People, People are so sensitive about hair loss, though. Like, there are some people that lose their mind over that shit. I fucking my, I start losing my hair big time. I'm, I'm just gonna shave it off. I'm gonna keep bald as beautiful baby. Like capped Picard up in this motherfucker. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, in the '80s and '90s, you saw people losing their hair, but then they went ahead and ended up shaving it, and you know, they 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 look good. Yeah, know, with it shaved. So I don't really see, you know. I do have scarring on the top of my head, but that just adds character. Well, yeah, but so. that's what happens when you try to run your head through drywall. Yeah. Well. You know. Or the street. Um, <laughs> no, it looks like a spider web of scars. Because <laughs> my skin just went. <laughs> That's um, what happens when you try to be the um, the Irish Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't drunk enough. <laughs> so I didn't stick. Uh, so I was going to touch base real quick. Um, last night, Steve, I had the Session Zero uh, for D- Dungeons and Dragons with my kids. So for those who might not have heard in the multiple podcasts that I've mentioned this, <laughs> I play Dungeons and Dragons with my kids. I am obviously the DM. Um, and session zero is where you make the characters. You're not, you haven't, you don't start. It's like a prequel, you know? Um, so they're making, just... right. <laughs> 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 Only my directing is probably better. Um, so, they were playing before and, and, you know, we were kind of loose leaf about, it. I was being real lax on the rules and stuff. But yesterday was a lot of explaining kind of more how to really play Dungeons and Dragons. Well, he was and telling then, me about this, like, yeah, I'm, I'm creating these characters and I'm creating this world. And I'm like, yeah, but using parchment paper and a quill might be pushing it just a little bit. Listen, you do what you got to do. I did the entire <laughs> thing by candlelight. No, actually, it's funny. I dialed that. I dialed that back. Actually, I, I thought I already told you. Um, I was becoming overwhelmed, as Steve already knew, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm on a deadline, and I don't like that. And there's five, like, official already made campaigns. Why don't I just run one of those for now, and then I can, and then I can work on my stuff at my own pace right. you know instead of going okay uh it's like it took it took god a week right you know what i mean like shit um so i uh so i'm running this one called horde of the dragon dragon queen it's the first one that ever came out for um for i almost said final fantasy for dungeons and dragons <laughs> no and, wonder you're um, confused <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i don't know what i'm doing no um, it's and it. I a remember lot of people, Biohazard being a thing, <laughs> right? A lot of people have issues with it, saying it's not a good one because it's it's more um, linear. 
there isn't much you the 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 story assumes the players are going to do this then do this then do this then do this and it's my job to kind of push them that way and i'm like yeah but for my kids they they're not super experienced so they they want me to do that they're they're not they're they don't understand that they can do whatever they want i keep telling them that right but they don't get it like they (laughs) they play they play dungeons and dragons like a video game where they think oh this person said this so i have to do this oh right. you know so so i'm trying to break them of that but whatever you know so I told him you're gonna have to worry about encumbrance, how much you're carrying. You're gonna have to worry about traveling and time and all that. I'm, it's more work for me. Um, so we did the characters, and I said, "Okay, guys. Last time I said you guys were all brothers and sisters at an orphanage, so you could be together in the game. But fuck that. You're all just random adventurers with your own backstory, and you're meeting for the first time when we play the game. So let's make it. So I had to go through all the races and all the characters or all the uh, classes." So this is what they pick. <laughs> so my oldest son, Colin, is an elf ranger. Okay, pretty standard. He's fucking Legolas, basically. <laughs> All right, cool. Goes to his twin sister, Hannah, picked a tiefling. No, is she a tiefling? Hold on. Wait. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember. Tiefling um, paladin. Which is funny. So I'm sure most people know what a paladin is. It's a holy warrior, you know. Um, a tiefling is half demon. So that's going to be an interesting role-playing opportunity. <laughs> um, is she tapping into her inner psyche right there, you know? I don't know, and I hope not. Um, but <laughs> it hasn't even gotten to the worst one. Um, Ava is an elf paladin. Another pretty pretty standard, but um, they're... they're they were worried that, oh, we both want to be paladin. It's going to be the same. I said, no, there's two different fucking roads you can take and all the specialty and all that other bullshit. Um, my youngest son, my sweet, sweet boy, is a tiefling warlock. So not only is he half demon, um, but warlocks in Dungeons & Dragons have made a pact with some kind of demon to get power. So he goes, so like I'm friends with a demon? I said, no. <laughs> You've just made a deal with one to get power. Ladies and you're and gentlemen, constantly... the next president of the United States. Right. <laughs> right. And I was like, and you're you're almost constantly pushing the darkness away. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, That sounds cool. And I said, My son's metal as fuck, dude. Well, you know, so, for him it it's been a long road getting, getting... from there to here. <laughs> now tieflings in the game, I told him, I said, listen. In standard, we're in the standard Dungeons and Dragons world, and tieflings are not only rare, but people are afraid of them. Right. And I'm going to behave in kind with some of the NPCs. You're going to walk into a town, there's going to be people going, what the fuck? <laughs> I said, that might change when you do some shit, but they're going to be terrified of you. And my son my son and daughter both at the same time go, good. I was like, oh, shit. They probably were going to be like, they're terrified of me now. i'm like you guys know you're playing the heroes right (laughs) um so that should be fun but a horde of the dragon anti-heroes are still heroes (laughs) right it's like what uh uh, harley why do you sound like why do you sound like clint eastwood right now (laughs) (laughs) um but the horde of the dragon queen's pretty cool because and and what a lot of the reasons why i got so much flack is in a lot of ways, it's kind of your standard run-of-the-mill Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Like you, you're it, it involves dragons and this, this and that. <laughs> but that's good for them, you know, because they they don't they've never played one like that. So um, 
yeah, the the cool thing is the first. So the first episode is broken up episodic kind of thing. Um, the first episode is they're in this town called Greenest, and I haven't read the details yet, but basically, fucking gets tra- attacked by a dragon, like on the st- uh, from the jump. Nice. <laughs> so there's gonna be a lot of going. Ah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> because they can't. They're not powerful enough to kill a dragon, mm. so they're gonna have to think their way out of it, which should be funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because my son, I know my youngest son is gonna go. Throw fireballs at it. That's not. <laughs> this isn't Dragon Ball Z, dude. Come on. <laughs> and I told them, too, that when we start playing this campaign, I'm not going to constantly be helping them. Like, I'm, I'm going to pretend like I'm not there for the you're most gonna part. Hear, you're going to hear uh, Colin go, Haruken! <laughs> <laughs> Colin, now! <laughs> and, then, and then a few hours later, Colin's funeral was really nice in the game, Dad. <laughs> But did you have to burn his bed? Like, I, mean... <laughs> I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do, though, because in D&D, when people die, um, there's a few different ways of handling it. Like you can reroll a new character um, or you can pay like a priest in the game to resurrect you. But the, the amount of money is a lot. Mm. So I don't know. I'll probably just say you could do both <laughs> if you uh, want. Colin, uh, you can either go to college or uh, pay to come back in the game. Well, obviously, I'm going to pay to come back in the game, Dad. Let's let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. All right. I'm saving a lot of money here. <laughs> oh man. But that's well, it. That Just a little... when, do, when, yeah. do you guys, when do you guys actually plan on starting that? Saturday is the start of episode one. I'm getting all the. Um, I think it's called Attack on Greenest. Um, I'm getting all the. Uh, the minis together. I do paper minis because we ball in on a budget, bro. <laughs> I basically I get um I get like images of what I need and then size them on word. All right. So they're all one inch, and if they're bigger, they're bigger. And then I fucking just print them <laughs> at work <laughs> <laughs> and then bring them home, and I'm good to go. And I all I just fold them, and I'll I'll put like a um. Actually, I don't put shit on the bottom. It, it works. Hmm. And then I just real simple maps. <laughs> and the kids have been watching YouTube videos about Dungeons and Dragons now. Oh, and nice. they're like, these people have these these cool like fucking map tiles and, and little buildings. And I'm like, yeah. yeah when you get a job, nice. you'll be able to do right. that yourself. <laughs> I told them, I said, when you guys, if we've been playing for a while, I- I'll do stuff like that. But we ain't been playing that long for me to be dropping that much money. These books alone are expensive. I was like, so hold, pump the brakes. Right. Yeah. But there you go. Uh, well, that's cool. You gotta you gotta keep everybody abreast of how how things go. Because I know you've tried this a couple of times before. You know, to try to you know, like you've done the games before, and then you're just kind of like, yeah, and then it it stops for whatever reason, and shit happens. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it got pretty bad because Adam was, you know, trying to get the number to the dudes that do Game of Thrones. You know how to do the episodes, and I was. I, don't like, know, I visited the set. I, I mean, you know, I, I was like, like, dude, dude, you need to kind of calm down again. You need to bring it back. Let's scale this back a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, it's um, it's been fun. Like, I want to make custom stuff, but I'm still kind of learning too because I used to play a lot, but I've never DM'd until now. Mm. And it was a long time ago when I used to play. 
and it was a different edition right. where the rules were slightly different. So I'm still trying to, you know, I was doing too much. Yeah. So now I'm like, fuck it. I'll just, this is all written out for me by the <laughs> professionals. I'll just do this. Right. You know, so, so makes my life easier. But I have to go buy the first part of it is free, but then I have to go buy the book. Of course. Like, I like to have come back. That's right. The first hit's free. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I want to get the, uh, the actual book because I, I kind of want to collect the books anyway. Like, I have the three core ones, and then there's a bunch of other ones. So, and they, I think it's 20 bucks. It's a hardcover book. It's not that, you know, that, I don't think it's that much money. My wife probably. Leather does. bound, written in gold, uh, calligraphy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be dope. I would get it too. You know, I would too. Let me breast this over real quick. It looks like those books from like uh, uh, Doctor Strange, you know, right. in that library. <laughs> it has a big ass metal clasp on the front and shit. <laughs> and it's not a key you have to have like that, that, uh, oh, like in The Mummy, how you had to have that little kind of like weird, um, uh, like some kind artifact of, that goes yeah. in and then twists to unlock. <laughs> it fits in there and then it just it just kind of drops in there and on its own it starts turning. <laughs> <laughs> then you hear Imhotep. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> uh, so our maiden story this week will be about Disney's streaming service. But before that, uh, I might as well bump into some headlines. <laughs> so in entertainment... <laughs> <laughs> He's been watching too many, too much of Alexis Ray. So, oh, um, so in entertainment news this week, Westeros is coming to a galaxy far, far away. The showrunners of the HBO series Game of Thrones have been chosen to write and produce a new set of trilogies for the Star Wars franchise. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss will be helming this new batch of movies, which are set apart from the Ryan Johnson trilogy that was announced uh, back in December and the standalone Star Wars story movies. Quote, David and Dan are some of the best storytellers working today, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy said in an announcement on StarWars.com. Their command of complex characters, depth of story, and richness of mythology will break new ground and boldly push Star Wars in a way I find incredibly exciting. Said Benioff and Weiss, quote, In the summer of 1977, we traveled to a galaxy far, far away, and we've been dreaming of it ever since. We are honored by the opportunity, a little terrified by the responsibility, and so excited to get started as soon as the final season of Game of Thrones is complete. Currently, the final season of Game of Thrones is in production, set for 2019. There are no details on what will be in the new trilogy, but uh, we can guess that some people are pretty fucking excited. Um, listen, they're crossing the streams, okay? <laughs> but I like it. You know what I'm saying? We got we got dragons in Star Wars. I think we good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Can we get Khaleesi in Star Wars though? <laughs> I guess uh, uh, I guess Aquaman, also known as David Momoa, will probably be coming back and in coming into the Star Wars universe. You best fucking believe it. <laughs> um, that's cool though. I mean, the, the, the they're both excellent, right? Right. So I think working together, well, you should get some, and you kind of get a fresh pair of eyes too. Yeah, you, you get know, a fresh and, pair of eyes. I think it's kind of cool that they work on a production side of like going, okay, you guys are going to produce and write, as opposed to you know the kind of the clusterfuck that's happening with the star wars stories where right. they're all kind of independent and kind of doing what they want but still have to be within that um, well, i think too i think one of the big things is and this is something i love sci-fi and fantasy equally but in different ways sci-fi 
especially Star Wars, is is much of much of a visual spectacle. Yeah. And I think lately, while they're still good movies, the story's starting to get, like you said, it's starting to get disjointed, you know. And I think fantasy writers focus on story more. Yeah. You know, and I think I think we can they can take some of those skills and kind of clean it up a little bit and just make it a little bit more um, fluid. Right. Yeah, and I think also giving giving somebody, you know, especially like, you know, when you have, you know, producers and stuff that have worked in in fantasy or possibly sci-fi, because right now with all the Star Wars movies, you know, they're being made by pretty much just fans. And so it's not necessarily translating well, like what happened with um, uh, uh, the, the um, brothers for or the, the pairing for the solo movie you know, and stuff like that. Cause they're just kind of bringing, you know, they're, they're not from that universe, you know, they're comedy, you know, they, I mean, Jesus, they did the Lego Batman movie and the 21 jump street movies. I, I, I had thought from the beginning, like that just seems a little weird that you would put them in the star Wars universe, but you get people yeah. that, you know, from, you know, game of Thrones or other sci-fi, even comic related kind of something that's a little more intricate. I think you're going to get people that are going to be more of like, yeah, you know, we can get a good story on here and then work the visuals out. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're both, they got plenty of budgets over there, okay? <laughs> right. To get to make it happen. Um, this one is not funny, but, you know, they can't all be. Right. So, uh, actor Reg E. Kathy died um, yet, um, a couple of days ago. And while fans and his colleagues in the entertainment industry mourn the loss of the actor whose career spanned four decades, they also have his final performance to look forward to. Marvel released an official statement about Kathy's passing, sending condolences to the actor's family and friends, and noting that Kathy's magic final performance would be in the upcoming second season of the Marvel-slash-Netflix series Luke Cage. Quote, Everyone at Marvel Television is deeply saddened by the loss of Reggie Kathy. The statement reads, uh, it, will, it was an honor to work with him and to know him. Our heartfelt condolences go out to his family and friends. In Marvel's Luke Cage Season 2, Reg played... James Lucas, which is Luke's father, uh, we were lucky enough to experience the magic that was Reg in his final performance. Uh, Luke Cage star Mike Coulter also took to Twitter to remember Kathy and reflect on his time working with the actor, saying, Go gentle into that good night, my brother. It was an honor spending time with you on set, getting to know you as a person and an artist. You will be missed. Condolences to your family. I salute you. Um, so... You might know him. He had roles on House of Cards. He had roles on The Wire. Um, he was also um, Johnny Storm's father in 2015's Fantastic Four. Uh, he was such a great character actor. I always like every time I saw him, I was like, "Ooh!" He always brought this sense of gravitas to, right. to his roles. Like even like even for a movie like Fantastic Four, I liked him because I, I you know it's just there's he's that grounding and and that's really what you need in a movie like that. Kind of like a real dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but I guess he was 59 years old, but he had been, um, you know, battling cancer. Uh, but the good thing is not that, I mean, it's any consolation prize or anything, but his final, at least his final performance, what he worked on is going to be seen by his fans and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, that's that man. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely when I saw that, when I saw the news, I was just like, oh man, I really like that dude. And I really, I, right. like I said, I just, I always... I was always happy when I saw him appear in a movie. I was like, oh, cool. You know, you just you just had that like, all right, this somebody's going to bring his game, you know. So, right. uh, yeah, 
but uh yeah at least you know we'll get to we'll get to see get to see him make one last strut across that screen yeah all right in gaming news this week the playstation 4 operating system's next major update has gone out in beta to those who signed up to test it back in january according to polygon the new update will introduce several changes and conveniences in the user interface plus a super sampling mode for the PlayStation 4 Pro that accommodates those who don't have a TV supporting 4K resolution, which is probably quite a bit of you. Uh, some of the highlights include the HD TV super sampling for PS4 Pro. Those who have a PlayStation 4 Pro but not a 4K TV will take advantage of games that render to higher resolution. With super sampling, they will downscale to match the capabilities of the connected HD TV, i.e., 1080p or less though not applicable to all games it will still allow playstation 4 owners to see an improvement to image clarity ps plus tab it's not like it seems like a big deal but it's a new tab that users like that bleh, a new tab in the user's library there we go that now sorts out which games have been acquired by the PlayStation Plus subscription. For those with the lapsed PlayStation Plus subscription, the titles will appear but carry a icon showing locked until the user resubscribes. That's something I wish Xbox would do because sometimes, you know, you look at your games and you just see all the games, but you don't remember which games you actually got from, right. you know, Xbox Live. Uh, playtime management, the utility is geared more to, more to parents or players who just can't control their habit. You know, the, the ones that... You got any more of that, uh, that uncharted thing. system? You know, <laughs> <laughs> under the uh, family management tab in the systems menu, users will be able to check and manage their playtime or apply limits to their daily gaming. Playtime uh, play management may be changed and monitored from PlayStation's web and mobile apps as well. Hiding apps, the convenience. This convenience allows the users to hide certain apps that they won't be using again, reducing menu clutter. Think betas, trials, and other demos. Custom wallpaper from a thumb drive. Believe it or not, it hasn't happened yet. But now users can put their own images on a USB stick and set it as a wallpaper. Zoom and crop options will be available too. That's one thing about Sony is sometimes it takes them forever to do some basic shit. <laughs> it's like they forget about it. Yeah, like, oh yeah. Like, yeah, we got all this other stuff. Oh shit, yeah, huh. <laughs> they probably want to do that. <laughs> uh, you know, there's always somebody in the Reddit probably going, hey, yo, um, I have this really cool, like, you know, uh, uh, image that from, you know, uh, Uncharted 4 that I like to put up as my wall screen. You know, when you get time, you know, <laughs> give me the ability to do that shit. <laughs> um, and uh, another highlight is the library UI changes. A new tab called This PS4 will show every application installed on the system. And then a tab with the user's name and avatar will show all of the games and applications that have been acquired from PlayStation Network, again, to help users better manage and understand their application libraries. Sony did not specify when the full release of firmware 5.50 will roll out to all users. Um, that sounds dope. I mean, Sony's, I don't know, man. Sony's having a, a good year. Yeah. Like already, you can tell they, they got some, some nice lineups coming out. We were talking about, I think last, was yeah, it last, last week? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they just need to catch up on that interface. Ooh. Yeah. That interface is still, you know, it's like, ugly. Yeah. I mean, you know, Microsoft got ahead and, you know, made it look pretty and, you know, you're able to kind of customize a little more. Sony got to do something about that. Maybe I might dust off. I dust off the old PlayStation, plug it in. 
Yeah, I haven't uh, played mine in a while. I've been using mostly the Xbox, but um, I was thinking that too. Like, going, man, I gotta go ahead and open that shit. So, Steve. Yes. We don't always have to talk about video games in the gaming section, right? Um, it's kind of nice. I mean, then why is it called the gaming section if it's fuck that? Okay. Because <laughs> I'm gonna talk about board games. There was some companies getting purchased and shit. So while board games aren't as popular as they once were, there is still a strong fan base, right? Mm-hmm. That would be said would be sad to hear the news I'm about to lay on you right now, motherfucker. So Mayfair, have a, seat, have a seat. Just right, relax a, a little seat. bit. Just relax. Mayfair Games uh, has sold its remaining games catalog to Asmodee North America a massive game publisher and distributor. Quote, as of today, the management team at Mayfair Games Inc. announces we will wind down game publishing, the company said in a statement. After 36 years, this was not an easy decision at or one we, we took lightly, but it was necessary. Once we had come to this conclusion, we knew we had to find a good home for our games, which which is when we reached out to Asmodee. Asmodee. <laughs> End quote. The company is best known for the classic Settlers of Catan, uh, with the game seeing a fifth edition release in 2015 titled simply Catan. Uh, Mayfair sold Catan off to Asmodee North America in 2016, and it seemed like, and is now confirmed, that the writing was on the wall for the company. Asmodee, on the other hand, has been scooping up game publishers left and right with acquisitions, an acquisition of Lookout Games at the same time as Mayfair, Lookout Games is known for uh, U Rosenberg's Agricola and Caverna. Asmodee sounds like a rapper in the 90s that didn't quite Asmodee. make it. He had like, it? that one hit, you know. MC Asmodee up in his movie. Asmodee now owns Fantasy Flight Games, Days of Wonder, and F2Z Entertainment, which con- continues to publish under their own names. That makes the company the publisher of dozens of the most highly regarded franchises in tabletop industry, including Seven Wonders, Dead of Winter, Dixit, Splendor, Star Wars, the X-Wing Miniatures game, Pandemic, and Ticket to Ride. Internationally, Asmodee distributes Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh! in some European countries. The company also has a successful digital imprint that focuses on bringing tabletop games to mobile devices and Steam. So Asmodee's trying to beat the fucking Disney of board games yeah, now. I know uh, Dixit and uh, Pandemic, uh, the company used to work for, that gaming company used to work for, uh, they sold those games. Yeah, yeah. I've played I've played Ticket to Ride. I've, I think I've played Pandemic. I've watched a game of um, Star Wars The X-Wing Miniatures at a gaming store once, and that was intense. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. They even have miniatures of asteroids that need to be dodged <laughs> and shit. Um, yeah, but, yeah, this is pretty pretty, uh, yeah, pretty big news pretty in this big, yeah. industry. Yeah. Asmodee, 1994. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, because at, at the company that I used to work for, Marvels, they uh, – they had tables where we used to every month or so we would switch out games and put new games out on the table so people could play. And um, yeah, like pandemic, like that shit gets fucking real quick. Um, so yeah, so wow, yeah. When you mentioned the S, I was like, oh shit, yeah, I remember those games. Oh damn. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're trying. Yeah, I know the Disney of fucking board <laughs> games and shit. <laughs> the Activision of <laughs> board games. Right. 
Settlers of Catan is one of the most famous board games of all time. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting game. I've played it once. But uh, yeah, so who knows what will happen now? Because Asmo, Asmodee doesn't really make games, I don't think. They just buy companies that do and then yeah. distribute it. Yeah, like you know, so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. In comic news. Now, this is one of those. This is a story all about how my, <laughs> um, is uh, is about a comic book character, but like Adam, it's not necessarily in a comic book form. That's fine. <laughs> Marvel has dropped a teaser trailer for Wolverine: The Long Night, the scripted podcast starring the Hobbit star Richard Artmidge or Artidge Emmert, Emmertidge, whatever, uh, as the X Men's Wolverine. The teaser which is, well, is available to listen to on Stitcher's website, teases a murder mystery that appears to lead back to Logan. The trailer opens with a man recalling an encounter with Wolverine. He describes Logan as a wild man with a bloody face who runs through the woods with wolves. The teaser then cuts to a flurry of other voices which refer to Wolverine's claws and the body of a young girl who was discovered cut in ribbons on a hiking trail. It provides the first clip of Artemis as in the role as Logan. The synopsis is the story begins with two agents, Sally Pierce, played by C- Celia Keenan-Bolger, and Ted Marshall, Otto Esando, who arrive in the fictional village of Burns, Alaska, to investigate a series of murders. The duo teams up with Deputy Bobby Reed, played by Andrew Keenan-Bolger, to investigate the ma- their main suspect, Logan. But that is just the tip of the iceberg. Written by Green Arrow scribe, Benjamin Piercy, The Wolverine, The Long Night, 10-episode series will launch on Stitcher Premium on March 12th before arriving on other podcast platforms in the fall, which means the bulk of us will be listening to it in the fall. I'm looking forward to this fucking show. Dude. Yeah, it looks cool. I'm, I'm really kind of uh, looking forward to that because I really got into um, that uh, Batman, The Long Halloween that you introduced me to like about a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Like radio play, and I kind of figure it's going to be like that. So I'm really kind of like, ooh, uh, that should be kind of cool. I like to, like to hear the sink, you know. Yeah, I want to. I want to hear. I want. I want to see who does a voice. Does the voice? I want to hear how legit that sounds well, on a podcast. Well, you can go to uh, the Stitcher website and you can hear the trailer teaser trailer. I don't want to hear a fucking trailer. I want to hear episode one. <laughs> Okay, I don't want to be teased. Yeah, but everybody not... has a te- now. We get teaser trailers for podcasts now. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. yeah. Can we? Can we just give me a break, please? <laughs> and then in movies, we have teaser trailers for the, the trailers for the now. Trailers, it's yeah. like, stop it. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do the Stitcher Premium. I've never really saw the benefit to Stitcher Premium, which we are also available on. If you want to check out the Lazy Geeks, yeah. the Lazy Geeks. But you don't need Premium to see us. We're yeah. on regular Stitcher. I don't. I didn't even know there was a Stitcher Premium. Until like today, because I saw an article about it and I was like, what? Because <laughs> um, I was going through all my stuff and canceling some of the little services I've signed up for. Um, trying to save that money. You that know extra, what I mean? that extra Microsoft one. <laughs> I, I, so I canceled. I canceled the OneDrive 50 gigs things. I have Office now, right. so it doesn't matter. Um, I canceled Xbox Live. I canceled um, uh, my Google Play Music thing. You canceled Xbox Live? You thought you had it for the kids. I did. They have enough games. Because <laughs> um, we're well, I canceled that one, and then I'm going to buy the yearly. Yeah. Um, and then I canceled. Um, 
Oh, what, what was the other thing I canceled? Oh, Hulu TV. Oh, really? Yep. You're gonna do because it. I because now instead of forty four dollars a month, plus the fifteen dollars a month for HBO that I wasn't watching, I pay seven dollars a month, like seven ninety nine. I'm just trying to save money. They cut back. And I told my wife's like, well, how much do you watch Hulu TV? And I go, none. I don't watch television. You do. You think I'm watching TV. And she goes, well, you have a TV in the room. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, connected to my computer. (laughs) I said, I seriously, the only thing I ever watch is YouTube and Star Trek. It's really the only two things I watch. Right. And I said, if you want it, that's fine. We'll keep it. If you don't want it, it's out. I got time for this shit. And then she canceled. I guess she had signed up for uh, Amazon free time and kept thinking it was me. And I'm like, I don't have Amazon free time. And it was it was her. <laughs> so I went on her. I went on her Amazon account and canceled it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we saved monthly like almost a hundred dollars. And shit canceled. So, look, I mean, I don't have YouTube Red now. Mm. No, I wasn't even using the music thing. And then the only thing I was using was um. The ability to play YouTube with my screen off. Oh, yeah. And I'll I'll get over it. I think <laughs> I'll survive. Yeah, because yeah. I, I right now, like we're still paying Amazon monthly, but my brother and I are gonna pay the uh, the full hundred for this month because this is this is the month when Amazon goes up. Um, and uh, so we're gonna go yearly on that. And uh, I have Xbox and PlayStation. PlayStation comes up again in March. But I paid that yearly. Same thing with mm-hmm. Xbox comes, I think, in May, May, April or May. So you know, I'll I'll re up that when it happens. But yeah, I don't really. Aside from that, all I have is um, Microsoft, and I think we just did that yearly. So the only monthly one I didn't cancel was Office because we actively both need that. Yeah. So I'm just, but I will buy the yearly for that. Yeah. Um, I got Hulu still, but I got that they gave me this special deal to come back to them and I'd pay like six bucks a month for a year. Yeah. So I need, I don't even know. I canceled the OneDrive thing. I think it was 50 gigs, which actually isn't that bad. It was two bucks a month. That's not bad. 50 gigs. You know, if you need a little extra, but, uh, you know, (laughs) what are you going to do? Right. We broke out here, motherfucker. We trying- <laughs> no, I'm trying to move, so I'm just trying to clean stuff up. And the biggest thing was is that all these payments would come out, and we would forget about them, and then it would overdraft my account yeah. by $2, and then I got to pay $34. It's like, <laughs> fuck this. It's like, I didn't have enough money to cover the 2 bucks. What do you think I'm going to get this 34 bucks shit from? <laughs> I hate banks. I really hate banks. I wish I didn't need a bank, yeah. like 100%. And I work for a bank. Um, all right, fuck all this. Let's talk about some good shit. So – Brian Michael Bendis, mother, my motherfucking doe, <laughs> coming over the DC side, is already at work on his new DC project, Action Comics, and he recently revealed why he had, why he chose Superman over Batman. Because you know everybody wonder why did you go with Batman? Because we need eighteen more Batman books. Right. Um. Some assumed he would take on the Batman books, but due during his recent conversation with John Suntries. On the World Balloon podcast, which I need to check out. If they talk to Bendis, I need to see what's <laughs> up. Um, he explained just why he decided Superman was the perfect way to, to start the DC chapter of his career. Now, this is cool. So I'm going to read a quote. And he backpedals hard in the middle of it. 
<laughs> like I don't he didn't mean anything, but I think I think it's where you say something and you you hear as you say it, you hear how, how bad it sounds. it sounds. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. So here's the quote. I said to Dan, if Superman is available sometime in my contract, I want to take a shot at it. I think he thought I was going to ask for Batman, but I think Batman is well taken care of. Not that Superman isn't as well. (laughs) (laughs) The Mr. Oz story is phenomenal, but one was pulling to me more. Dan said, we're going we're going to start a new direction with Action 1000 with a great place to land you and say this is part of the legacy and how much we believe in it. I would literally have to start writing for DC the day after I finished writing for Marvel, but we could do it. So I think he more – it was a better starting point. He wasn't going to have to jump in on kind of a low-key new story arc. Like he's going to jump in on a big thing, right. and that makes more sense. And maybe he just likes that character more. Yeah. Fuck, he's Bendis. He can write for whatever he want. Whatever he want. <laughs> I think what what uh, I think the bigger challenge too is usually you know going to somebody like Superman versus Batman, because with Batman you kind of kind of be dark, and and you know you don't really have good endings or happy endings in Batman. So I think you know for Bendis I I, I with the stuff that he's done the X Men the, the Spider Man books and all that stuff I really see him doing Superman versus Batman. Yeah, but no, yeah. Maybe he can make it more interesting. Mm. Um, <laughs> Bendis isn't wrong about the Batman books. Currently, the team of Tom King and James T. Tinian the Fourth. Fuck. <laughs> um, Tom King's writing Batman, and uh, King fucking Duke of Wellington over here is writing um, <laughs> Detective Comics. Have hit a great stride, and the extended Batman family is doing um, pretty good as well. Nightwing, Batgirl, Batwoman, etc. Um, as for Superman, the Mr. Oz storyline has delivered some fantastic surprises. I have yet to read it too. And it will be interesting to see where Bendis takes the series next and how he follows up that popular storyline. If he was, if he was going to take on anyone for this latest chapter though, it is hard to go bigger than Superman. I think that's the thing too. Like low key, Hmm. I'm going to take on Superman. You know what I mean? Like fuck this. So I think that's pretty dope, and I would love to see his writing style on such an iconic character. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that should be that should be really cool. Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how he, what he brings to Superman, um, and just uh, just you know, it, it just I, you know, I've said this before. You know, a lot of times I hear, "Oh, Bendis is doing this," and I'm always kind of like, "Ugh." All right, it just when you get the synopsis, it always just sounds kind of shitty and then i pick up i'm like i don't know i'll pick up the first issue and read that and then i'm hooked on it i'm like this book is fucking amazing so that's my that's my torrid history with uh (laughs) with bendis but um that should be pretty cool i'm looking forward to it all right now into technology news hulu has announced on its subreddit that it has added support for 60 frames per second live tv streams for some channels on select devices the company is referring to this as phase one of its 60 frames per second rollout which will result in noticeably smoother movement when you're watching contents like sports the situation um, that's the situation where the improvement will pay off most but hulu says you'll also spot the difference when watching news on cnn everything from the anchors um, to moving text at the bottom of the screen should be smoother with the added frames as part of phase one hulu is checking off around a dozen channels in terms of the big four broadcast networks all nbc affiliates are covered and about half of the fox affiliates support 
60 frames per second. Hulu warns that uh, NBC and Fox stations might revert back to the usual 30 frames per second at times to favor the stream stability over um, over frame rate. Now, on the on the on the subject of I don't know why my mouth is just like maybe just take a dick out of it. Just got a little stroke there. And on the subject of devices, Hulu is starting off with iOS, Apple TV, Fire TV, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Samsung's Tizen's smart TVs. Nintendo Switch, huh? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that like Android's not on here, but the Switch is. (laughs) So it's good. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I know. It's like, ah, fuck it. (laughs) Uh, The full list of channels on Hulu that says support 60 frames per second, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, CNN, CNN International, Fox, about half of the affiliates, HLN, NBC, all affiliates on Hulu, New England Channel News, good news for Adam, uh, Showtime. (laughs) Okay. Showtime. (laughs) Whatever version of the word racist that was, I don't appreciate it. Regionist. It was regionist. It was regionist. (laughs) (laughs) Showtime, TBS, TCM, TNT, and True TV. It's funny because a lot of those networks just play reruns of shit constantly. Yeah, I know. So or reality TV. Yeah, true TV. That yeah. network is. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I have some things I could say, but I won't. Um, I mean that's cool. You you better have that internet though. Yeah, I know. Sixty frames per second. Yeah, I know. I ain't watching it at my house. So I think that worked. That's another reason why that it's you got rid of Hulu and it's like you did have shitty internet. Not. Because of any fault of your own, but you know, just well, I will admit that the live watching Hulu is fine, but the live feed is a little harder. Like you, you have to have a stronger internet because it's it's being given to you as it's being right. aired. You know, so yeah, I mean, and Netflix never really had a problem, but um, Hulu Live it would constantly buffer and drive my wife crazy. I'm like, well, fuck it, I'll just cancel it. So <laughs> <laughs> that got, that solved that problem. Right. Um, resolution completed <laughs> right so this next one I, I'm not going to read a full article we're just going to kind of talk about it because it was kind of cool and everybody knows what yeah. fucking happened and we talked um, about it last week on uh, it's not just another podcast right so just a quick update from February 7th this is the latest update on space.com SpaceX live webcam of the Tesla Roadster and its Starman mannequin lasted for just over four hours after the Falcon Heavy uh, launch on Tuesday, February 6th. But you can see that full video stream here in the window above, courtesy of SpaceX. So you can find this on YouTube, but if you follow, um, if you go to lazygeeks.com, look at the show notes, we definitely have a link. You can watch it. And it's pretty cool. Like they have like four different angles. Um, and the fucking, uh, if you got, if you haven't seen it yet, you're, it really is historic. Like you need to see it. Yeah. Like <laughs> don't be fucking around. <laughs> Um, and this dude, they, they attached one arm or one hand on the steering wheel. And he's got one arm out the window like a smooth G. <laughs> this is also a really good uh, way to see the um, the prototype spacesuit that um, SpaceX was working on. And it looks way better than what NASA's got right now. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for it to look like first contact, motherfucker. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then Assimilate the- this. <laughs> <laughs> that one, the one SpaceX one's actually smaller than the one from First Contact. Um, and then the screen, uh, the sc- heads up display screen says "Don't panic" on it, which is definitely a callback 
to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, which fucking blew my mind when I saw it. But it's pretty cool. It's it's one of those things. Oh, go ahead. No, it's one of those things where if you're looking at the view that's looking dead on, you're waiting for that mannequin to turn its head. Yeah. Like you're like, you're waiting for it to look. They're waiting for it to look at the camera and give the thumbs up. <laughs> the Jordy thumbs up. That's what you want to see right there. Um, right. One of the cool things that I thought was interesting when I was reading on on that stuff is supposedly in I think it's in the glove compartment. There's a copy of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um. But uh, one of the the one of the um, and they showed a picture of this one the motherboard on the uh, on the Tesla actually is monogrammed made by people of of Earth. Yeah, yeah. and then there's also um, I don't I didn't know about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy being in there, but they said that this Tesla is now technically the first library in space because they have a copy of um uh they I'm such an asshole books on roadster it's this really famous um fucking i don't want a book on a roadster fucking google <laughs> uh <laughs> spacex live go. gotta be a little more specific <laughs> with google sometimes Ugh, jesus christ you know um <laughs> hold on i'm getting it right now uh <laughs> so the arch mission foundation um asked if they could do this and for some reason, SpaceX made them be quiet about it. I think because they just didn't they didn't want to go into it. But um, they they sent up um, Isaac Asimov's Foundation trilogy, which very famous um, high science um, sci-fi um, series. Um, and they sent it in these like fucking crystal discs. Like they look like CDs, but they're this like way of preserving data. And like, also super- in the trunk of the Roadster is the Encyclopedia Britannica. Um, just to kind of show how evolved we really are. <laughs> they also downloaded Wikipedia on a Zoom and threw that shit on the side seat. <laughs> no, but they, I guess they they were just sending that as a test. And I, I guess that foundation has plans like to send our big stuff into space. Like, And I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You want to send all the human knowledge somewhere where we can't blow it up. Right. And it's funny, too, because, like, you know, I saw, you know, you see an interview and he's like, you know, this is out there in space now. So, you know, who knows? Future us could run into it, you know, you know, hundreds of years from now, which would be kind of cool. You know, it's like now you can kind of, you know, if Star Trek Discovery wants to get in on this shit, you know, you have them going through space and come across the fucking Tesla next season <laughs> they've already they've already mentioned elon musk uh in the first season so why not bring in the tesla um it's cool i i really dig it it's just it's one of those things of like why did we do it because we fucking can you know and that that's really that's really what this whole thing is about that's why we got out into space is because we could we fucking could so, yeah and there's know. there's a few people saying that it's elon musk like it's a fucking midlife crisis of a billionaire. And it's like, first of all, he had to show that the rocket works. Might as well put something on top of it. Yeah. I mean, what's the, what's the point of launching a rocket unless you have something in it? And, you know, and here's a dude who's like, yeah, we could ask somebody to put a satellite. But if it if it went, let's just put my car in there. Let's just, right, you know, it. which is funny. And also, I, I love the fact that it's become a meme, too. Yeah. You know. It's the Apple Maps. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was when I'm when I say I'm five minutes away. You know, 
right. <laughs> my friend sent me one that says, when the edibles kick in. <laughs> um, no, but I think it also demonstrates um, what another I, what thing. What did I send you? Uh uh, when you got that refund check. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Um, it also demonstrates, too, that SpaceX has a lot more freedom than NASA does. And I'm not trying to cut NASA down, you know, but they are kind of a government agency. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're so subjected they, they, to the government budget. And and the, the biggest issue with NASA is that their budget and direction changes yeah. every four or eight years. Yeah. And they can never get anything fucking done. So I think that um, SpaceX is kind of saying right now, like, I just put a fucking car in this. I can do, we could do whatever the fuck we want. I, you love, know? I love those Elon Musk uh, memes for Twitter. Hey, I just put my car in a space. Can somebody give me a ride to work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's been hamming it up. I think that shit was funny, dude. Um, but yeah, and then the coolest thing is it was supposed to go – people said they were sending the car to Mars. That's not really what they were doing, but it was going to um, – get as far as Mars. That's yeah. how hard they shot it. So it's gonna, it's still gonna leave Earth's atmosphere. They overshot it, so it's going to the asteroid belt, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, now, you know, when I think the asteroid belt, I think of uh, Empire Strikes Back when the Millennium Falcon goes there. They yeah. better have fucking, cause I know they fucking loaded David Bowie in there, which um, I thought, <laughs> which was funny. Cause it's like, you know, uh, that meme of uh, 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 the, Oh God! The tes Tesla fired into space with David Bowie playing David Bowie playing Tesla <laughs> in this movie. Mind blown, you know. Um, it, it it they better have put the the um, asteroid belt music from Star Wars in there because it's you know when it goes into the asteroid belt that would be pretty fucking awesome. It's like you know Elon Musk. Go, well, you know we prepared for this contingency, so we have this song ready. So just in case, because <laughs> you know he had time. <laughs> I think um I think but it really does um show how powerful that fucking rocket is though. Yeah, I know. Overshoot. I mean, I know I know the car is <laughs> not that heavy, but still. Yeah. They, they on a single launch, they got they're sending something to the asteroid belt. Like that's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, so and and did you see that fucking one picture and I think Elon Musk even tweeted it where it showed the um the rockets and the fucking the the flames look like three lasers. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> but that's all I had to say. But I just thought that was really cool, and I just kind of wanted to finish it up. And uh, I know now too that NASA NASA has to track it because it's a thing in space now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so NASA is officially tracking this fucking roadster that's flying through space. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great yeah and I, I saw the bumper sticker on the bag that said mars or bust um, yeah <laughs> all right so that brings us to the end of the headlines uh, so uh this week we actually earlier this actually last year we heard that disney was going to do a streaming service um, they were, you know, working on a uh, possible uh, Monsters, Inc. television series. They were going to reboot, I think, uh, high, uh, high School Musical and was possibly developing a, a, um, a uh, Marvel series for the service. But we pretty much didn't know anything else. We also heard that it was going to cost less from at the onset, uh, less than Netflix. Well... This last week, we through Deadline.com, we actually got some uh, 
got some more info. So I'm going to read this off real quick. Uh, the Disney streaming service will begin to crystallize and deadline has can provide some de details of the initial slate. The studio has been conducting meetings within the creative community to give a sense of its new OTT service the, that will launch in the fall of 2019. Perhaps not surprisingly at this point, there's no mention of how the assets of 21st Century Fox will fit into the new, uh, new service. A team of Disney creatives are doing their brain barnstorming headed by OTT programming chief Agnes Chu. Chu's experience includes working on ABC's creating original content for digital platforms, working with for Bob Iger during the opening of Shanghai Disney Resort and the relaunch of the Star Wars franchise, and most recently in franchise development at Walt Disney Imagineering. Surrounded by a team of execs that includes Sean Bailey, uh, Tenundo Nagendo, and uh, Sam Dickerman and Luis Provost. Here's how it will work. The OTT platform, whose price point wasn't mentioned, will start with domestic service only and then expand overseas. There will be no R-rated films and programming will be consistent with the Disney brand. The R-rated stuff will go to Hulu. The plan now is to leave the various Marvel series where they are, which means Netflix will hang on to its superhero inventory and most likely Hulu as well because they have, I think, the Runaways. Uh, the goal um, in the first year is to generate four to five original movies and five TV series for the streaming service. Latter will cost between 25 to $35 million for 10 episodes, but the exceptional ambitious series could have a budget cap of $100 million for 10 episodes. Here are some of the priority movies they heard about. Don Quixote from, Billy Ray's, uh, from a Billy Ray script. Uh, Ladies, Lady and the Tramp. The Paper Magician, Stargirl, uh, Star to be directed by Julia Hart. And Togo, directed by Erickson Core. In post-production and bound for the streaming service are the Mark Waters-directed Ma Magic Camp and the Marks Lauren-directed Noel and with Anna Kendrick, Bill Hader, and Shirley MacLaine. Priority development projects include Three Men and a Baby, Sword and the Stone, and Timmy Failure, the latter, which is which has Spotlight director Tom McCarthy in the creative mix. On the TV side, the inaugural service um, streaming service slate includes High School Musical, an animated Monsters, Inc. series, a Marvel live-action series, and a Star Wars-branded title. So... Um, what do you think? I still find it annoying that everyone has to have their own fucking streaming service. <laughs> how many of these things do I got to sign up for? You right. know what I mean? I mean, this kind of sounds like how I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless you, unless you read some of those websites that, you know, like, Oh, Marvel, Netflix is going to lose everything of Marvel. And I was, I was one of the few ones out there saying, calm down. It's things called fucking contracts. Yeah, and, you know, and it, Disney, Disney ain't listen. Disney been in the game for a long time. Yeah, they're not gonna start cutting fucking cables all over the place. From it, it would just be foolish. They they're gonna make sure this streaming service is gonna be legit, and they gotta wait till the contracts run out. I think if any company right now can successfully have a streaming service that not many people are gonna complain about, is Disney. Because yeah. Disney has tons of shit. Yeah, you know, um. And honestly, the Netflix stuff was always a temporary thing. They don't hold on. Now, not the I'm not talking about the TV shows, but I'm talking about like when they put fucking Thor on there. Right. 
they only have it for like a month, I think, and no, then it goes they off have it for a little bit longer. But it, they, oh, do, they? they do have a licensing agreement. And that's the one thing that people tend to not understand how Netflix works is when anybody gets it. It's like rights to a TV show. It's like when um, like just this last this this month, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is on stars. And one of the things is Marvel has an exclusive or just has a, a contract with stars for a certain amount of time between this year and whatever year they get Marvel movies and they get them for, um, for a while. Guardians of the galaxy was on there. Um, you had, you know, all the star Wars movies were on there and that's part of a contract. If they pull out of that contract, they have to pay said company so much money. Uh, same thing with Netflix. Everybody goes, Oh, they're losing it because of this, that, and the other thing. It's like, no, these things have a slate. They have a time where they're slated to go on there. That's why if you ever look at what's coming and going on Netflix, a lot of the same movies come and then they're like, oh, these movies are leaving now. And then suddenly, oh, hey, guess what? They're back again because they re-signed the licensing agreements. Licensing agreements only last for a certain amount of time. It's not because, oh, the market changed, so we're taking them away now. That's not how it works. This is It's not on a whim. They, it's all contracts and you know Disney Disney knows that and Disney's probably been prepping this for a while so the reason they're going to start off is they're going to start doing they're going to do kind of what you know Amazon is doing you know they're they're going right. to they're going to put original content out there they want to see how many people they can start pulling in and then they're going to start releasing a lot of their other stuff but this is a good thing for Disney because then they can just say Disney branded so you can literally drop your kids right in front of us and not have to worry about some you know, Fifty Shades of Grey shit popping up in there, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, because I'm, I'm and, and Dunbo. that now suddenly you're watching some like hardcore sex right. erotica. And that is something that Disney kind of, and that's not even a negative. Disney could have something like that, and you know, you you I know that if it's the Disney Channel, I don't have to worry about my kids accidentally seeing something they shouldn't see. Right. You know, I that's, I just that's what happens with cable. <laughs> right. Like I, I know if they put it on something like a, they're watching a fucking cartoon on USA or some stupid <laughs> like that, it might get dark later, you know. Right. But I know the the Disney chant Disney Disney knows that their their branding is very strong with the kid base. They're not gonna fuck that up, right? You know, and I and I I honestly think over the years they they remember kind of what Walt Disney wanted to in a lot of ways. Like when you make something for kids, it's for fucking kids. Right. You know what I mean? Don't don't twist it up. You know, so in that respect, and I didn't even think about that until you said it. In the, in that respect, I I if it's priced reasonably, I might get it, yeah. especially for for my kids, especially since I don't have regular television. Yeah. You know, and just Disney alone, I pretty much have all the stuff they want to watch. Yeah, and it's a good idea for them too because, you know, here's a company that is geared towards kids. They know everything that you know. They it's like, look, we have this shit for kids. We can do all this stuff. Plus, we have rights to a lot of projects that we, you know, that we would want to use. But we're going to need to, you know, we can use this to kind of flush them out, to get them out there, to get people to watch it. Because, look, I mean, you know, when people sit there and say like they're going to do original movies and shit, it's like so did the Disney Channel. They have their own TV series that's strictly Disney kids. You know, 
It's like that. That's how it works. They've been doing that. Yeah. So it's like because the Disney Channel used to be a paid channel mm-hmm. when it first came out. I remember because I never watched it. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you you always knew the kids that didn't have too much money because they were Nickelodeon kids. They always talking <laughs> about Nickelodeon shows, which is funny because I actually thought Nickelodeon was better. You know, I did too. You know, and yeah, and and it's very it's very true because they've been doing this for a long time. So it's not like it's basically just a different medium. It's the same thing, just different medium. It's like. Yeah, we don't have to worry about when it airs. We just worry about when it drops, and then people will view it when they want to and view it however many times they want to because that's the nature. And kids are on, and they know kids are on mobile devices. You know, people um, go like, here, you know, watch it on the fire or watch it on your iPad or here. You know, it's it's the same thing as what happened when I was a kid. You know, those the, the, the kids that were, you know, dropped in front of the television watching cable. So, you know, I would sit there and be watching, oh, cool, Superman 2's on. And then right after that, you're watching, you know, uh, My Private Lessons, which was, a, you know. <laughs> but I'm just sitting there going, oh, you know, that's why we're fucked up. <laughs> we we were subject to we were subject to cable, you know. Right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, and to hear that they're not going to, you know, they're not going balls deep as of yet, which makes sense because Disney's not going to want to devote even though they have Disney has Disney money, it's like you know we're, they're not. Well, and Disney's Disney's not doing it as a a last ditch desperate ploy to make money either. Yeah. They have money, like yeah. they, they so they can take it slow and kind of build it up to be what they want it to be. They can give you just the tip at first, and yeah. then you know once you know once you like that, then they start giving you the shaft. You and know? anyway, <laughs> and and going back to to something you said just a minute ago. The 90s, Nickelodeon was the jam, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> they had all the dope cartoons. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and and that's the one thing. And I, I do like the fact that they're going to, if they have R-rated stuff. Now, people are going to sit there and go, what fuck? Disney has R-rated stuff? That's stuff that's not under the Disney logo. Yeah, they have it under a studio they own. Yeah, TriStar or... Um, Buena Vista Pictures, things that may be a little Fox. dark. <laughs> now, yeah, I know. Um, Pretty much just name them off, and you're most likely gonna be right. Well, there's <laughs> like Disney one only. of the one of the one of my favorite Disney movies is never gonna be shown on there. It's called The Three Musketeers. It's a '90s movie that had Chris O'Donnell, Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, Oliver Platt. I remember that movie. Yeah, Tim Curry. It's a great fucking adventure movie, but. It doesn't fit the Disney logo, even though it is actually done under Disney films in the 90s, because you have people getting killed. You have people committing suicide. Shit gets dark, you know, and, and, you know, it's it's one of those movies that, you know, Patrick and I are talking about because we're actually going to talk about it later this season on our um, extended play. And uh, we were like, oh, we should do a we should do an audio commentary. And, you know, every time something bad happens, like a character dies or uh, Rebecca De Mornay kills herself, we're going to always throw in, brought to you by Disney, you know, <laughs> because, um, because that's, you know, it is one of those movies that will, won't pop up on there, you know. Um, so, yeah, and the fact that they're going to prove their R-rated stuff to Hulu, that that's cool. That makes perfect sense. Um, and then the fact they're going to leave the Marvel series on Netflix and, you know, the with everything that they got going out, that makes sense too, because it's like, you know, we're still getting exposure and that's the thing. Disney knows we're getting exposure, you know, through those other markets. So whatever existing deals we can have play out because they're going to have a ton more Marvel movies. They're going to have a ton more star Wars movies. You know, they'll be able to bring the Muppets back and actually do it on their, on their service. And, you know, it's just, they have so much that it's like, there's no need for them to be utterly dickish and pull everything right at once 
and funnel it on there because that's not smart business. No, it's because let's say not a lot of people sign up for the streaming service. Right. And then they go, oh, okay, well, we'll just go back to the other. And everyone's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think I think it – I like I said, I think Disney will play it smart here. They're not going to make something that's going to piss people off. Um, and, I mean, maybe we'll get a dope-ass streaming service out of it. I mean, I already have three streaming services. <laughs> right. And if they if, – if, if one of them is is much geared to children or at least one side of it, well then good. Because even even Netflix kids gets a little weird sometimes. Yeah. I've you seen know, some I'm, of the stuff on there. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of like, what the fuck is this? And their but, algorithm um, sometimes when you watch something, it's like, oh, because you watch this, suddenly you have some shit that you're like, why does that come up? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like what the fuck? Um, YouTube kids is a joke. Oh god, yeah. Although I do that's what I have my my youngest watch is YouTube kids. If she wants to watch YouTube, um, cause she likes to watch so it the fucking, just, so is it just blowjobs or pretty much okay. it's, it's blowjobs and anal. That's, oh, okay. that's all. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not that bad. <laughs> right. But, um, it's not Pornhub kind of stuff. Here's, you know? <laughs> here's what I do. What a lot of parents don't realize is while my daughter is watching this, I'm in the room, hmm. like paying attention to my child. <laughs> I'm you in know. the room. I'm in the room watching, and sometimes I get distracted what, <laughs> with what she's watching. I go, oh right. shit, you shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> where you, where it's, and it's funny because YouTube Kids is strange. The more, if you, first of all, I don't let my kid watch it long enough for this to happen. But if you're watching it for hours, it starts to run out of things to give you, mm-hmm. and then it starts. That's when it starts dipping into the B squad, <laughs> and you start going, "What the fuck." Like my daughter, Big I think when she, cheerleaders, you're like, right. Wait, what? <laughs> when she wants to watch YouTube, I think the longest she's ever watched it is an hour. And that's usually because I'm on my computer and she's like next to me and I'm getting into my shit. But it's all just fucking she watches people open toys like it's it's stupid shit. <laughs> and I've actually I've actually had a fucking talk with everybody in the house. I said, listen, I noticed that the only thing you people watch is YouTube and you you're being stunted cre- creatively <laughs> we're we're going to start limiting the youtube in the house because you guys i'm watching what the older kids are watching and it's just dumb dumb they've gotten into vlogs and i'm like why are you watching people live their life that's stupid <laughs> like just people literally walking around the camera oh we're going to hit up 711 real quick yeah. uh, and i'm like are you for real <laughs> like you guys could be doing some shit <laughs> So do your own, make a million dollars. Like the kid that opens toys and he gets, makes a million dollars a year. Yeah. Shit. No, I've, I've noticed since we've been playing that D and D though. There you go. They were hitting them books, bro. They was <laughs> looking at D and D books and shit. Well, you know what? That's what you should be doing. You do it on the lazy geeks, um, YouTube page, um, record some shit. Like do a, you don't even have to do it. Like, Oh, you know, the whip pans and all that kind of shit. You don't need to do that. All you need to do is put a stationary camera, record that shit. Drop it in an editor, put it up on the YouTube. Say like, "Hey, I'm just showing you. We didn't doing our YouTube. You know, we're doing our. I mean, doing our D and I don't know. I feel my kids being on YouTube, but it's something to think about. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I I don't want to be like those parents that just whore their kids out to get fucking views. YouTube is a is is a toxic place. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's not like you're doing stupid human tricks. Like you're sitting there going, okay, do that shit that you do with the refrigerator door. You know, it's like, you're not, that's true. You know, that's you're just, true. you're sitting there going, Hey, you know what? This is how families interact. We're doing something kind of cool. And this is what you could do too. 
you know, or I talked about it on the show and I'm just showing you guys, this is, you know, this is how it works. Cause I was, I was actually thinking about doing it as like a podcast kind of thing yeah. where you listen to it because right. what's the difference? They're just sitting at watching people play Dungeons and Dragons, like watching people do their taxes. <laughs> like it's not, it's not any more into unless, unless you add a bunch of special effects or then I'm not doing that shit. Fuck you. I ain't got time for that. But a podcast, because I am thinking about, and I've been I've been getting everything together. I'm gonna start adding sound effects and shit to the game, hmm. so I'm gonna have a soundboard. Oh, there you go. So when they're doing stuff, I'm gonna like it's raining out and it's gonna sound like it's raining, you know, stuff like that. So um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll, you know, this is something we could talk about off off mic. <laughs> you understand? No, our <laughs> listeners deserve. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, I guess on that note, we can. Uh, we can move into our what the actual fuck. So mine is just sad, but it actually has a really cool little tie up at the end. So it's like, oh, I don't have to go back to this later on. Uh, this comes from hard hitting journalism, BuzzFeed. Uh, this is Ashley Arnold, a 27 year old resident of Idaho Falls, Idaho. She's a stay at home mom completing an online sociology degree with Southern New Hampshire University. As part of her final class, which she paid almost $1,000, students were required to complete a project outline last month in which they could compare a social norm in the U.S. and another another country. Uh, For her norm, uh, Arnold picked social media use for her country she chose, and for her country she chose Australia. But when Arnold got the grade um, back on February 1st, she was shocked to see her professor had failed her. Why? Because according to the teacher, quote unquote, Australia is a continent, not a country. At first, she thought it was a joke. This can't be real. Then I continued to read and realized she was for real. She told BuzzFeed um, News. The professor who had a PhD in philosophy, according to her LinkedIn, she had given Arnold zero points on multiple sections of the assignment because she believed Australia wasn't a real country. Her, With her education levels, her expertise who wouldn't know Australia as a country, asked Arnold. If she hesitated or questioned that, why, would she, why wouldn't she just Google that herself? Uh, so Arnold wrote a lengthy email to the professor trying to convince her Australia, the country, does indeed exist. She even provided references. Quote, I believe I got zero or partial credit because the instructor said Australia is a, is a continent, not a country. However, I believe that Australia is a country. The research started on the SNHU's Shapiro Library, written by John Pierce in 2013, states that Australia is the sixth largest country in the world. The full name of the country is the Commonwealth of Australia, meaning Australia is both a continent and a country. Therefore, these sections of the rubric should be amended. But the professor still wasn't convinced in her lecturing replied, uh, which Arnold provided to I like in the feed. article they have shit with cr- like a kangaroo with, <laughs> with a, a big st- fucking cross <laughs> out. <outside>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lecturing that uh, which Arnold provided to BuzzFeed, the professor doubled down on her Australia denialism. Uh, I'm glad I will gladly re-examine, re-examine your week two milestone project report. But before I do, I do. I want you to understand that any error in the project can invalidate the entire research project research is like dominoes if you if you accidentally knock over one of the pieces the entire set also falls australia is a continent it is not a country the error made is nearly impossible for you to accurately compete your complete your two work your week two research 
outlined correctly. As I mentioned above, I will look over your week two paper once again to see if it earns more credits than I gave you. So Arnold responded again, even uh, including a link to the About Australia section in the Australian government's website. Uh, Australia is both a country and a continent, and it is not only a country that is both. I provided a resource in the first email that clarifies that for you, uh, that clarifies that for you. If you need to further clarification, Google or the SNHU Shapiro Library that I um, that information has that information information you. Okay. Uh, again, I mean no disrespect, but my grade is affected by your assumption that Australia is not a country when it in fact is. Thank you and let me know if I need to provide further resources sources proving Australia is a country. Uh, finally, the professor responded, thank you for the web address. After I do some independent research on the country slash continent issue, I will review your paper. <laughs> and, then, and, then after, and then in the article itself, it's like, let's stop for a second. Australia has a prime minister. They show a picture of the prime minister. And they show uh, the the, uh, the foreign, what was it? The Australian. Oh, the foreign minister, Julie Bishop at the United Nations, a pretty exclusive international club <laughs> that you have to be 100% real country to join. The Australian women's soccer team. It's know? so stupid because it's like he can't fathom that something could be a country and a continent. Now, I will, in his defense, just to be nice, <laughs> Australia is the only country that is also a continent. Right. Because the country covers the entire continent. Right. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I, does it matter? Right. It's so stupid. <laughs> I heard about this earlier in the week, and I, I was like, I know Steve's going to pick this fucking one. Because <laughs> it's so stupid. And, and I, it was so stupid that I actually thought about bringing it for the It's Not Just Another Podcast. But then when I saw the resolution at the end, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use it for the main show. Um, so after finally, after the professor finished conducting her independent research, Arnold received a new grade this week, a B plus. The professor never apologized for the error, but did acknowledge that she had a had a, quote, misunderstanding about the difference between Australia as a country and a continent. Still, the professor had another warning for Arnold as she prepares to write her final assignment, quote, Please make sure the dates, the facts, and the information you provide in the report is about Australia, the country, and not Australia, the continent. Uh, contacted by BuzzFeed News, a spokesperson for New, uh, Southern New Hampshire University said they're looking into the matter. Um, an update of the story, on Friday, SNHU announced via Twitter that they had apologized to Arnold and replaced her professor. Arnold also received a full refund for the course. Quote, we deeply regret the interaction between our professor and our student, SNHU said. We apologize to Ashley, replaced the instructor, and are reimbursing her tuition for the course. To our friends in Australia, we know that, we know that you are a country and a continent. Uh, best of luck in the Olympic Games. Arnold told BuzzFeed News that SNHU staff were, quote, very nice and apologized for the Australia issue. I'm so happy with the results, she said. Now, is it Southern New Hampshire University is also a pretty big online school. Was she going online? Yeah, she was doing the online course. Yeah, it's because most of the teachers in online are fucking idiots. <laughs> like, the, the best... I went to Southern New Hampshire University for a little bit. The best teacher I had, because you would either get three, there was three kinds of teachers you would get. One, you would get a really good teacher who was involved and knew, knew their shit. Um, two, you would get a teacher that just 
you don't know if they knew anything because they weren't involved in anything. They barely did anything. You could tell this was a side project to make some money. That's right. all it was. Or you would get ones that are just dumb. <laughs> like they don't understand anything. The best teacher I ever had was the arts teacher, the art history teacher. Like she was totally into it. Right. And not too bad on the eyes, I'm going to say, because that's oh. a little profile picture. You understand? <laughs> but um, that's the one where I, my final was – what was my final? Oh, the history of um, the history of comic book art through the ages. Oh. That was the title. And I, I explained golden and silver and I fucking got an A on that bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny but, because um, uh, on here it goes when we asked why she thought her professor might have been confused. Arnold said that her older age might have been a factor. When did Australia become a country? Maybe she thinks it's still part of. England, she said, after being told by BuzzFeed that it happened 117 years ago, Arnold said, oh, well, she's not that old, so there's no excuse. <laughs> but as a comment, and it was funny because when I read that, I I had a twitch reaction, but someone in the comment already said it where uh, Australia was never part of England. It was part of the British Empire. Right. Which is two different things. And England is not Britain. <laughs> like, <laughs> was a penal that's, that's a whole <laughs> Right. That's a whole nother fucking can of worms of – the English just have to make everything fucking special. Well, you know also, what I mean? If, like, you, if you, if you, you know, you even watch some historical movies where they mention they're from Australia. There's always that down their nose look, you know, like, oh, you're from there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the super successful country, very peaceful, very prosperous, you know, because what people and I, I told my my kids found out that Australia used to be a prison, basically. <laughs> right. And they go, and then they just made a country? Like, it's just a bunch of criminals? I said, well, what you have to remember is at the time, the British um, Empire pretty much thought anyone who thought different <laughs> was <Right>. a criminal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so um, there wasn't all criminals there. But I actually, I've always wanted to look up the history of how Australia was formed into a country, and I, I haven't got, but I kind of want to. It sounds like it would be an interesting story. <laughs> Um, well, maybe you should uh, enroll to the um, Southern New Hampshire school. And uh... I think I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll pass. Um, so Payong Chang, South Korea. This is from the HuffPost. People dressed up as U.S. President Donald Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un caused a c commotion when they appeared in the stands at the Olympic Games op opening ceremony on Friday before swiftly being shown – out by security staff. <laughs> We're getting along great, said the Kim lookalike, <laughs> who declined to give his name. We wanted to surprise everyone and bring world peace, and then we're being escorted out by security guards, which I think is really unfair. He added, <laughs> "Doesn't everyone want peace?" The ceremony was yeah, marked a little piece by of Turkey, a little piece of France, you know. Right. <laughs> the ceremony was marked by a show of unity between North and South Korea. That was real, by the way. Right. Um, Athletes from both countries entered the arena under a flag depicting a unified Korea as American Vice President Mike Pence and Kim's sister. He sent his sister out. He's like, yeah. man, well, fuck, I'm busy. Um, <laughs> King Kim Yo Jong. That sounds more manly than his name. I know, right? Their names confuse me. Um, no offense, by the way. Um, watched on from a VIP box. Is my sister getting the same treatment that Kim like <laughs> said as he was escorted out the stadium? Um, so this, that's the end of it. And there's a little picture of the lookalikes. They look pretty legit. Yeah, they're pretty close. Um, 
obviously they're going to get kicked out. Right. Especially, I think, more so because they're in South Korea at the time. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, I don't, we don't, we don't need this shit, guys. <laughs> right. You know. Um, and the, the most shit important, in America, don't pull it here. <laughs> right. The most important thing I learned about, uh, learned from this article is that the Olympics have started because I. <laughs> <laughs> I had no fucking clue. You know, there's certain things when you don't have regular TV that you just don't know about. Yeah, I have regular like, TV and I forgot that it was on. I was like, oh, the opening ceremonies. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and this is the Winter Olympics, right? Yes. The Winter Olympics is the best, though. Yeah, I always like. Well, I, I, I like the Winter Olympics more than I do summer. But, you know, vol- I, I always like volleyball. Um, in uh, I mean, yeah, volleyball. <laughs> I, I get I get bored with the Olympics because it's just like how many medals is America gonna collect? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> last Olympics was just stacks on stacks. They should have had Obama come out because he was the president at the time. I don't want anyone to freak out. <laughs> I want Obama to come out with all the medals on. Like what up, motherfucker? He come out, fall over, come out, kiss the peace symbol, drop the drop the mic, <laughs> and just leave. <laughs> Bitches. And the camera follows him. Just get on Air Force One and take off. You know. <laughs> right. And we don't have to um, cheat yeah. to get those medals. I'm looking at you, China and Russia. OK, <laughs> um, that was embarrassing for China, dude. Yeah. I felt bad. I felt I didn't feel bad for the people who cheated. I felt bad for the people of China. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It was such an honor to have this have the Olympics in their country. And, you know, they were rooting for their, their people and stuff like that. And then you find out they're cheating. I'd be fucking pissed. Yeah. Like, Man, you motherfuckers embarrassing us out here. And then America came in and took some medal. You know, right? You know? right. <laughs> a win's a win no matter how ugly it is, you know? <laughs> America's like, damn, that sucks. Let me get that medal off you real quick, playboy. All right, cool. <laughs> Deuces. So that's, <laughs> that's it for uh, this week, right? Um, please give us five-star ratings. That's what Steve writes. Give us five star ratings. Don't rate us how you feel. Yeah. Just give us five star ratings. <laughs> um, on anything iTunes. lower than five star, you're just un-American. Right. It, that's true. Um, <laughs> just rate us anywhere, right? Yeah. And if you and remember what your mother always told you: if you have something, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So if you're gonna rate negatively, then fuck off. Don't don't rate. <laughs> fuck us up. Right. Fuck up the metrics. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're new to the show, you can definitely catch the old episodes on Stitcher, not premium, right. iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Google Play Music, as well as our website, thelazygeeks.com. We're also on social media, Twitter and Instagram, both under the name The Lazy Geeks. That's one word because we are dyslexic. <laughs> um, don't forget to follow our Facebook and Google Plus pages. Um, and if you follow the Google Plus page, let me know how it is because I haven't followed it in a long time. Uh, <laughs> we want your feedback. So send it to thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. And you can find me on the internet on Twitter at a middle age geek, Instagram middle age underscore geek. And you can also check out my other podcast the, um, or other podcasts. Uh, Adam and I started It's Not Just Another Podcast, a weekly podcast that discusses news, politics, social media, and other nonsensical topics, as well as the Extended Play Movie Podcast, a podcast for true cinephiles. This week, uh, last week was our first season two episode, which is Argo. This week, we are going to be talking about the other best picture winner, The King's Speech. Love that movie. Such a great movie. I still haven't seen that movie. Great movie. 
Um, and uh, you can catch those over. You can catch them actually on iTunes, uh, Libsyn, uh, Google Play Music, as well as Stitcher, not premium. Or you can just go over to the catch the shows over at It's Not Just Another Blog. Um, I'm on Twitter, guys. <laughs> at Sapien TLG. You can also email me directly at Adam at the Lazy Geeks dot com you serve. No, I'm just playing <laughs> dot com. <laughs> dot com you serve dot edu dot net. Dot info dot org. Be sure to tune in on Friday for our second to final episode of the Star Trek Discovery recap. So that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out.